Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by your good friends at FOCO. If you go to FOCO.com and you add whatever fandom items you want, whether it's you know a straw hat like the one we gave away a little while ago, or uh, maybe a bobblehead, maybe some slides, a Hawaiian shirt, whatever it is. If you go to FOCO.com, add whatever you want to your cart, and add the promo code DodgersBeat10, and you will save up to 10% on your purchase. As always, terms and conditions to apply. Please see our good friends at FOCO's website for more details, but huge thanks to FOCO.com. Likewise, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you like baseball. And if you like baseball, that means that you like to watch it in person. So if you go to our good friend's website at TicketIQ.com, and I'll explain how you save that money in a minute, their whole thing is they want to save you money. That is their entire prerogative is to save you money because there's you know competitors out there that charge crazy fees, the whole bit, not TicketIQ.com. So if you go to DodgersBeat.com and you go to the link tree that's there on our website, click on the one for TicketIQ, it's going to take you to their website and add whatever tickets you want. You want to go to the upcoming series on the away, add them to your uh, to your uh, little cart there, and then you'll get a promo code just for using that link. So again, huge thanks to our good friends at TicketIQ.com. As always, terms and conditions to apply. Please see more. Uh, please see their website for more details. TicketIQ.com. This week we have a really cool set, really cool episode. Kirsten Watson of uh, Sportsnet LA will join us, and we're going to talk all things Kirsten. And, uh, you know, some of the adversity she's kind of going through in her new position, the whole nine yards. Actually, a really good conversation. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed shooting the breeze with her. So, without further ado, here is Kirsten Watson of Sportsnet LA. Hey fans, this is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and you are listening to the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hey everyone, it's been a minute. We uh, we took a, a couple weeks off because, you know, we can, and, uh, and this week we have a really cool guest uh, joining us this week. Someone that we've actually all been been talking about, and we've been excited to uh, to have join us, Kirsten Watson, who uh, is the uh, I, I almost want to say sideline reporter, but that's not how it works. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the on field uh, uh, I would say correspondent for uh, for for uh, Spectrum for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kirsten, thank you for making the time. Of course, thank you for having me. I'm excited for the conversation and what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, no, well, let's let's just dive right into it. I I have a a huge respect for sideline reporters in general, because it's a very difficult job. Uh, and I, and I don't think that they get the props that they deserve. And there is obviously there's some that are out there uh, that they make it look super easy. Uh, you know, one, one to quote is Alana Rizzo yeah. uh, and uh, Aaron Andrews, another one uh, that just make it look really, really seamless, but it's really hard. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about the transition that you've had going from the stuff that you were doing before to now doing the stuff that you're doing with the Dodgers? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say it's probably been one of the biggest transitions, uh, honestly, my entire career. 
before joining the Dodgers, I worked for the NFL. I also was with Spectrum, but on the Lakers and uh, Sparks and on the other side. So had been in basketball and had been in football for a while. I grew up playing basketball. I played volleyball in college and football I've been working in for the last five years. So coming into baseball while, you know, I, I knew a good amount about the sport being a reporter and having, you know, the ins and outs of every single player, you know, their career, their past, what's happening now, injuries, understanding just how baseball works in the system with the minors and players coming up and down and every, there are so many ins and outs. And I think it's one thing to be a fan and then more of a, a casual fan of the sport, but to really understand just the day-to-day um, how much time is spent at the stadium, how much, um, you know, really getting to know the personalities of each individual, understanding how certain guys like to answer questions or making sure that you're putting them in the best way to be successful. Like it's my job to make sure when I ask someone a question, it's they can answer it. They can really be put in a position, like I said, to be successful. So it, it's definitely been it's been insane. The baseball schedule is like no other schedule uh, that anyone could ever compare it to. I mean, yes, football, it's what, 22 weeks and there's including the playoffs and there's like, there's a game once a week and that's it. And yes, you're a practice all week. And yes, it's a contact sport. So it's very, very different um, in basketball. There's a lot of traveling, but with baseball and you're, if you're in a certain location or playing a, a team, it's for a series. And so it's everything about it is incredibly different. Um, it definitely was a challenge um, for me, but I, I wanted a challenge. That's why I accepted the position. And I knew that it was going to force me to grow um, publicly, which is not something that everyone can do. It is something that's very challenging to have to be vulnerable and to be put in that position, but you know, it was worth it. And I, I'm, I can, I can gladly say that each day gets better and um, the guys have been awesome and Dave Roberts and the organization and everyone I've been, and even the team that I'm on with Joe and Oral and our producer, Mike, like I, I truly couldn't have done it without them. So it's, it's, it's been an insane transition, but it's been worth every second. Kirsten, uh, I'm curious. I mean, I'm sure you're going to be humble, but from my understanding, you were a stud uh, volleyball player. I have a friend uh, who was good at tennis. She wasn't, she knew she wasn't going to, and, it, and maybe tennis is a different sport because at 25, you're already considered old in tennis, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we went to college together and we were doing sports, you know, uh, broadcast journalism, but I always asked her, I was just like, I know you wanted to play sports, but you saw sports wasn't going to happen. So was it natural then? Well, I want to spend my career in sports, so yeah. I'm going to get into sports journalism. I'm curious, is that something that you already had that mindset when you were in school? Because we now have what well, we've had for 25 years, the WNBA. So yeah. there are still some opportunities in women's sports to continue playing sports. Yeah, 100%. So for me, I wanted to be a professional volleyball player. Like that was the focus for me. That was the goal. Um, but I think my parents, they kind of saw that I was getting burnt out a little, a little earlier than I had wanted to. And so when I was being recruited to go play in college and I'll be humble, but I'll toot my own horn at the same time. Um, I, I mean, I was a top 50 recruit. I had offers to go pretty much wherever I wanted to play at. And so my parents made it very, 
very clear that I had to decide a school that was going to help me academically to put me in the position where I wanted to be in the long term. And that's honestly how on, I think everyone is maybe like football, basketball for the men's. I think men's sports are a totally different ball game. Now that athletes can be paid, like that's a whole different conversation as well. But like when I was going to school, it was basically take this scholarship to your benefit because volleyball is really not forever. It's yes, there's now you can be on team USA. You can do Olympic volleyball. Now there's a lot more, um, sponsorship deals that you can pick up so you can truly make a really quality living. Um, but I kind of think that in the, when I was going through, you know, the NCAA system and all of that, my parents were just like, you have to really sit here and decide what, how you want to make the best of this experience. And so I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. I, my favorite show still is to, uh, till like up until today, it's college game day. I used to literally wake up early Saturday mornings and watch all of the football, like watch football, watch the pregame show, the whole thing. And at the time I was being recruited. So it was helping me see which university I, I, I like wanted to go to and kind of, and I wanted, I grew up in the South and the SEC. And so college football is obviously a huge thing. And so basically got to the point where it's kind of like, well, what do you think you want to do? And I would always watch the show and I'd be like, well, I like telling stories. And I like, these are my friends. Like the people that I was in class with were going to play college football or college basketball, whatever the case may be. And um, I was surrounded by athletes because I was an athlete and I was training at athletic facilities, and all these different things. And it's cool because now a lot of the guys and even girls that I've been training with my entire life, all of us either some are professional athletes. Some of us are working within sports. Some are not within sports. So it's just kind of created a really cool community of all of us. Um, and so I, I just knew kind of in that sense, I wanted to be surrounded in this space. And so it only really made sense to go and work in sports. And, uh, and then it was like, oh, well, you want to be a journalist. And um, so then when I was recruited by Northwestern in Chicago or in Evanston, they, they have the middle school of journalism. It was kind of like a no-brainer, um, and I had to apply to get into the middle school of journalism, and I got in. But that was my first, my freshman year was my first time ever taking any type of journalism class, reporting, you name it. Understand, like learning how to write a, a story, things like that. Every I was a, actually pretty heavy math and science um, growing up and in high school, and so I kind of was like, oh, we're just gonna go try this. I want to be on TV. So let's see what happens. And luckily it all worked out. Uh, but I, yeah, I definitely used volleyball as the original path and just took advantage of my opportunities. And if I'm going to be at the number one journalism school in America for undergrad, I might as well take it. And granted, it didn't end up working out in the sense of like playing volleyball at Northwestern wasn't the right fit for me. And so my brother was at Columbia and so I ended up transferring, um, there just to kind of be with him and to be with family and I have family in New York and stuff. And so volleyball at Columbia is not as good and not as exciting as the volleyball in the big 10 or even anywhere else. So, um, but it being in New York city instead of kind of being the best thing that happened to me. And I was able to get internships within the sports industry. So my first internship was at CBS sports network. And that's where I really learned like the behind the scenes of production and kind of getting involved in that sense. And from there, it just kind of one thing led into another and somehow I ended up here. <laughs> Can I just follow up on something? Because you, it's something that really uh, triggered my interest in that you said when in high school, you were already feeling burnt out 
And that's something I, you, you know, my, my, my girlfriend's daughter's in high school right now. She's playing softball. Mm-hmm. But I hear some of her friends or their, their siblings' friends, I hear them. They also are saying that they're tired. They're not sure if they want to keep playing. And this is like freshman, sophomore year. And yeah. I, I see their schedules. And yeah, I, I thought, I thought, I mean, back in the day when I was in high school, I thought high school was it. It was, this was the most important thing that was going to help me get into college, mm-hmm. but she's telling me travel ball. So yeah. not only is she playing high school games during the week, but on the weekend, she's playing with her travel ball team. Have we gone too far here? Are we really taking the joint? Cause I feel like I know some great athletes when I was a kid Mm-hmm. And they didn't go anywhere because they got burnt out. And that to me is so sad because I feel we got robbed of some very talented players because we just got, they got burnt out. Yeah, no, it's real. I mean, I, when I reflect on like what my high school schedule looked like, it's insane. Like I was traveling every weekend for volleyball. Um, if I wasn't traveling, we had to for the volleyball season, I guess. So during the academic years, so when the fall, that's your high school season. Then as soon as fall ends, winter hits, that's when all the tryouts are for club volleyball. You go right into club. If you're on the one or two teams, so the elite level teams, you're traveling all the time to tournaments, some local, some big national level. You're all competing to get to the junior Olympics. I was on a team that we made the junior Olympics every year, to be honest. So then it's like from there, that's in July. So you're playing all the way till July and then it's August and school starts again. So it's like, you kind of are constantly going back into it. And then if you're looking to be recruited and you're likely, if you're playing that much club volleyball, you are being recruited, then you're working with a trainer or training staff or whoever to, to what on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays, I had workouts practice every day. If I had tournaments, it's like, that's your entire life. And that's, um, and I, I do think it's changing. It's weird. Sometimes I hear it's a little, it's changing sometimes today because there's more of an interest of in being a multi-sport athlete. And so do you think that, it's changing for the better, or do you think it's getting worse? Um, I, I think it depends. I think it's changing for the better in the sense of, of there's more value in you being just athletic, not specific in like, even within baseball, it's like, you're hearing of so many younger guys having Tommy John surgery because they're blowing out their arms and stuff. And it's like, if the focus is being a multi-sport athlete, then at least you're kind of, you're plus that's also benefiting like your own social life and stuff like that, but you're getting different experiences and you're meeting different people and you're learning to be a teammate in different spaces. Whereas if you're one sport all the time, then I don't know, to me, you kind of get burnt out within that one sport a little quicker because it's all you're doing, but it's different for everyone. Um, it's crazy now because you're getting recruited so much younger. I have friends whose younger siblings have committed to playing volleyball or any sport at a school as a freshman in high school. And it's like, how was that even legal? Like I definitely take the side of don't commit until you're a junior or a senior, because even I'll be honest, I committed to Northwestern early and I'm not going to say it's a regret, but I, if I could go back, I probably would have decommitted and committed to USC to play volleyball there. And in the end, look, my career has worked out exactly how I wanted it to. And so I can't change anything, but 
USU is my dream school. And I probably, if I could go back in time, I had an offer to play there and I should have taken it, but I was already committed to Northwestern. And at the time, women's sports, they weren't decommitting. So it just, it was more common in football. I had plenty of friends in football who put on one hat, took it off and was like, oh, actually I'm gonna go this way. You know, like that was a thing, but in the women's space, it wasn't. And now that's changing today as well. I've definitely seen players decommit, go elsewhere and sign with another team. But it, I don't know, it's interesting. Cause even like, I've had this conversation with like, just to bring us back to baseball, like with Dino and his children, and his sons who were incredibly talented baseball players. And he was telling me that like for, if you have a child who's a pitcher versus a position player, it makes, if they're a pitcher, sometimes it makes more sense for them to go to the minors instead of going to college, because in college, like you could, the, what's being asked of you and how you're having to pitch and kind of the expectation and to win in the college world series and all these things, your arm could be, it could be overused a little bit. It's, I'm not saying that's the case, but like, that's a conversation compared to if you're a position player going to college, then you're getting more at bats and things like that. And so it, it's interesting to kind of hear the different sides of just how in general for all athletes, things are changing. I mean, look, now you look at the G league for the NBA and you could, instead of going to college, you could just go start playing professionally. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but like, I, I can't go back and change, but I, I, I did get a little burnt out and that, you know, I, I stepped away from volleyball for a long time. And at first I had to like, understand who I am as an individual, not as the athlete, because my entire life, I was the athlete of the family. I was the athlete, just that's what everyone knew me as. That was my schedule. Um, and so I had to truly kind of find my identity. And um, yeah, so it, it's a <laughs> it's a whole thing from being an athlete and kind of transitioning into the real world and understanding what you want to do and all of that stuff, because it, I mean, that's how we're, we're all constantly changing and going through new experiences. So it's, it's a lot. But it's awesome. I guess. And we'll say this about baseball. Baseball, like there's, you know, similar to volleyball, there's travel ball. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. You know, there's there's ODP, there's winter ball, you know, yeah. automotive. Like In I did USA, all that. there's exactly. like there's all these different things. Yeah. 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 And and uh and I will agree with you about the overuse part. That's partially why I got hurt because I mean, granted, I'm I'm significantly older than you. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh but it, it's you know, now it's totally different. Now it's a, yeah, it's it's like the pros almost to a certain degree. It uh, is. And how like people are taking care of their bodies and things yeah. like that. Like it's, it is truly night and day. Yes. Um, and like, I had knee injuries. I had like nothing major, but like constantly had like tendonitis and things like that. And so it's just, I'm, I did team USA. I traveled around the world, all of those things. And like, those are experiences that truly have shaped who I am today. And it allows me to be in a position where I can truly empathize and understand what athletes are going through. And it's like, honestly, like watching the guys go through their day-to-day schedules and how much time is spent at the stadium, working with the training staffs in a sport in which you literally play every single day. Like that is something that my eyes have been opened up to truly like a whole new world. Like I'm trying to like, Oh, Wow. And, this is- <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned a name that I know, you know, is there probably one of the first guys there and last to leave Dino Hebel. Yeah. Dino, Dino's a maniac. And, uh, and he, I mean, he's one of the fittest dudes I've ever known too, <laughs> but, uh, but he, I mean, and his kids are really good. Ba- I mean, he's all about his very, family. Yeah. He's very all about incredibly his family. talented. 
and shout just listening to, to him talk about that it, it's amazing yeah. yes shout out to dino by the way who just celebrated his i believe 30th wedding anniversary so yeah that was so beautiful in the game yes. <laughs> yes yes congrats dino uh but uh i had a question for you that, that i've always been curious because obviously we see you on tv mm-hmm. we've had uh, your colleague elisa on uh, elisa hernandez mm-hmm. and she's kind of given us a little bit of the the behind the scenes stuff how tall are you and how many of these guys were not aware that you're as tall as you are? Uh, um, I'm six one, and uh, I don't know. I feel like the players have seen me in person, so it's like they knew from the jump. I think at first they were kind of like, "Oh wow." <laughs> um, I think it's more of like the fans who are truly taken aback. Like they are like, "Wow, like you're so tall." Like whoa, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." My bad. But then I get confused. I <laughs> feel like bad. I look tall on TV. Like I really do. Like there are some videos where I'm like, wow, I feel like I look like I'm towering over someone. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, yikes. Let me like stand back and try to lean on the side a little bit. But so I always thought, cause like I can see it, but I, I will say like for being very tall, I am very proportionate. And like, so I feel like people like just don't think I'm as tall, but I don't know. I'm, you know, my whole family is tall and I'm definitely a solid six one. And it's funny because, because I see this video, I think it was the other day when you were interviewing, yeah, it was when you were interviewing Austin Barnes Uh after the game and he's looking up at you and Austin, (laughs) Austin's not a little guy, you know, he's not a little guy (laughs) and he's looking up and, and cause I always remember, you know, doing stuff for ESPN, you know, sometimes they'll put the sideline reporter on a box. Because yeah, yeah, no, they don't put me on a box. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Maybe one of the players, but they do not put me on a box. <laughs> and, and in my mind, I was like, wait, did she accidentally get on a box then? Because maybe they're going to bring like, you know, because Kershaw's kind of low-key tall. Yeah, uh, no, and some of the, it's funny, all the pitchers are tall. Yeah. The pitchers are tall. Um, I was short for a pitcher. I'm 5'11". And they're oh, all, see? Yeah, like, yeah. no, I was, I don't think I really, for some reason in my head, I, I just felt like pitchers were kind of like around my height. And then all of our guys are like six, three and up. Scherzer's a low key tall guy. Yeah. Yeah. Walker Beeler's a low key tall guy. Tall, yeah. Tony Gonsolin, another low key tall guy. Yeah. No, uh, honestly, like everyone, I was kind of like, Blake's like what, six, four, six, six, four, six, six, five. Yeah. Jimmy's um, like, everyone's very tall. So you're kind of yeah. like, oh, okay. no, no. And, and I, again, that visual though, I just, yeah. just Austin's just <laughs> just looking up like like you're Funny. talking to a small child with a microphone and no was there was like, one yeah. day i wore heels and i was like "Ooh, this was not my best decision <laughs> so i am a sneakerhead, but i also love wearing heels but it's like i just saved the heels for my basketball days and i wear sneakers for baseball plus like you're in the dirt and like I, it's just not a good not a good experience to be like sinking in so 100 fair uh <laughs> kirsten watson joining us here for a few more minutes in uh and we call it the carnesada uh for for the for the podcast I, I'm, I'm also curious too, is you, you know, you, you took on a position that was held by a person that is regarded as one of the best, if not the best in our industry, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that, that's, that's, that's a, that's just the hard facts. Right. And you're, you're learning on the job and you're sorting it out as you go. Cause you came from a basketball world, football world mm-hmm. into this for you, for you, aside from, you know, the eye-opening experiences of seeing the day-to-day, because people truly don't realize how much time guys spend at the stadium. No. And I'm glad that you, you, you appreciate that. Um, but, uh, but aside from that stuff, what's kind of been the biggest part of the learning curve for you going Mm -hmm. from, you know, that stuff now to this? Yeah. I mean, I would say that often people, it's funny when like they first, 
say hello to me or whatever. It's, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And they'll often end with like, oh, you have really big shoes to fill. And I have had to kind of look at this position as, you know, Alana has an incredible legacy and is going to be, it is one of, if not the best reporter in baseball and has such a history with this team. And she's always going to have that. And it's not my job to replace that. It's not, I'm not here to fill her shoes. I'm here to create my own path and to create my own experience. And, and, and I think that is something I've, I had to really understand because I think at first, and obviously I also came into this job with COVID. So as much as it's my job to know everything about the players, I was just getting to know the players and I was getting to know them from a distance because we're all still living in a pandemic and all of those different things that you have to truly take into account. And I, and I'm not going to say like, look, it's, not my job to tell fans how they should feel about me or whatever the case may be. They like me, they like me. If they don't, that's fine. And, but it's been a year of, it's not been a year of normalcy. And so that has taken a lot of time. And I mean, I just started traveling with the team after the all-star break and things like that. So now it's like, I'm truly building real relationships. And so I think that was probably the biggest um, challenge for me. Um, Just feeling like, you know, you, you want to, there's an expectation and I, I want the broadcast to be at a certain level and I want all of that to remain the same. And, you know, I want to continue the job that has been done. Um, and so I think that is something that, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself at the beginning. I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to, I was cramming all this information and trying to really learn everything about every single player. And I just probably was overwhelming myself to be honest. And so then I wasn't able to actually be me because I was putting all of this so much outside pressure um, on myself. And I, and I kind of had to take a step back and really understand that, look, like the reason we all watch these games and we want to get to know these guys, it's because we want to feel a part of it. It's fun. It's, it's baseball, you know, this is America's pastime. And so I definitely had to like reflect within myself and kind of take a step back and really focus on a few things for my own personal experiences and my own personal, um, like to do a good job at, be great at my job. And, um, so yeah, so it's, it's tricky that it's, if you ask me like a different, if you asked me like three months ago, kind of where I was at compared to now, it's night and day. And so, um, it's, it's been challenging, but it's been rewarding and that, I think just having the support, like that's the thing from the jump. I remember having a conversation with Edwin Rios, you know, before he got hurt and it was, he was just like, just know, like, we got you, you got us and we got you. And that's all you need to know. And like, oh, we and will. baseball's a fraternity. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you're traveling with them, you're a part of that fraternity. Exactly. And I think now that I am traveling with them and they see me and we're all, we're all there all day together and we're all working on different things. And like, yes, maybe they're on the field or in the training room. Like I'm reading notes, I'm going over things. I'm having conversations. I'm trying to learn. I am. And that's the positive is they're willing to teach me. And like, how cool is that? My teachers are not only Oral Hershiser like that, like what? <laughs> like that's insane. And Joe Davis, but I also have Dave Roberts and Dino and all of the coaches and I have the players and I can ask them little things. I remember there was one day and, uh, Justin had like dropped something and I like was like oh here's actually I don't know what this is called and he was like oh it's this and blah 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 and like explained it to me and I was like see look at that 
now I'll never forget it. And so it's just like, you have those moments, um, but it's, you know, it, it, like I said, I, I was not here. I was not brought onto this team to replace Alana. She is someone who is truly going, her legacy goes well beyond um, anything that I could ever imagine. And it's beyond incredible. And I'm grateful for her guidance and leadership and all of that. So it's, I just hope that I can be myself and create my own path and have my own legacy with this team and cre create my own story. I think it's kind of like when you look at Vince Scully and Joe Davis and creating that transition and things like that. And Vince Scully's, he is going to forever be the voice of the Dodgers. And Joe oh, Davis I is forever going to be the voice of the Dodgers as well. So it's like you have those moments and just being able to kind of learn and listen and experience those. That's all I can ever hope for is just to continue to kind of build my own legacy and build my own time with this team. And, and I, and I feel like, and well said, by the way, I feel like you, you, uh, you, to a certain degree by the, uh, the, the deep dark despair hole of Twitter uh, <laughs> where we're, uh, we're unfairly kind of criticized and it's like, yo, like this isn't an easy job. And no. I mean, you and I are fortunate enough to, to experience the behind the scenes stuff, yeah. but people don't, don't see the work that goes into that stuff. So it's, I will say this, I feel like the Dodgers are very fortunate to have you just because of your <laughs> background. You. Um, and, and again, your, your, uh, your willingness to learn as, as far as that goes. So at least from our end of it, you know, th there was no, uh, no slander on the, <laughs> thank the, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no fake pissed offness on Twitter. No, uh, and listen, like, please like, look, also, the only way you get better is by understanding and criticism and things like that. But like, there's also a comment there. Are, what people don't know is like, there are conversations that are constantly being had with bosses and broadcast coaches and things like that. It, it's a constant, it's, and that's the positive. My experience of being an athlete, I'm coachable. That's, that's all it is. And so I want to have, like, that's all my entire life has been spent being coached by someone, you know? So it's like, you know, that's all you could ask for. That's all you can use to get better. And so it's a, it's a whole thing, but I'm incredibly grateful. Just, you know, it's all about support. You know, you want people around you who are, and honestly, I, I think what Edwin told me that one day, it's like it's truly going to stick, it's going to stick with me for my entire career. Cause it was very much like, listen, like we know that you've got us, you're never going to put us in a position in which, you know, if there's something that's said or that's done on a trip, like they know that they can trust me and that took time. And I know that I can trust them. And so that's, that's all you can ask for in a work relationship and things like that. And so it's, no, it's been awesome. And like, they're, they're, they're cool. They're funny. They're like, the more you get to know them and just like the little things and we all can laugh at each other. And so it's, no, it's been fun. Before I toss it to my friend Juan to ask you one last question, I wanted to ask you, who is the funniest person in that clubhouse? Ooh, let's see. That's a good question. So I would say, Austin's like low-key funny. Like he'll like say something really slick and you're just like, oh, that was actually hilarious. But like, take, you just like, like, you know, be on it. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh wow, that was, that was good. Um, I would call him a professional roaster. He's a really good roaster and you don't even realize it. See, exactly. It's like little things. You're like, man, that was good. Um, then I know from like the guys in the bullpen, they always say that like 
like Jimmy Nelson was a lot. Of, he's a really good fun and time and just like things like that. So I think he, I haven't gotten really got to see, I think haven't got to see it too much, but like, I know that he was like a, like kind of a, a funny one and just like really cool. Um, I think it just depends. Cause like, they're all kind of funny in their own ways. Like Clayton's funny and like, just like he'll have like different moments and like, you, he's just like easy to like laugh with, you know? And it just depends. Like everyone is kind of, I feel like no one like specifically says that to me. Who's like super, super like, wow. Like I'm always laughing, but like, besides, <laughs> like I, I would say Austin definitely has like some little things where I'm like, wow, that was good. <laughs> that yeah, was like, really, you know, like you just kind of were like, Man. there's been times where like he said something and I kind of like missed it in the moment. I'll listen back and I'm like, ah, yeah. But I've heard that like uh, Max, who's just awesome, but like, him in the clubhouse like he's really like he'll kind of go back and forth with the guys and a lot of trash talk and things like that um Trey definitely you can tell like he kind of has some like slick little moments that are funny as well um but so like the guys they all go back and forth it's definitely it's a good it's a good camaraderie that's for sure and that's what comes with Austin being a part of that bullpen too because if if you've never sat in a bullpen that's one of the funniest (laughs) places to sit because position players get pissed at us because that's all we do is sit so that's that's the constant battle yeah, that comes listen i could i believe it no i definitely heard that like the guys in the they have a lot of fun in the bullpen and it's like i'm like man i don't get to see it too often but from like the stories i'll hear here and there you can tell they've got they've got some big personalities in there uh kirsten uh before we wrap things up i just wanted to say you're very classy because if that was me i'd probably be tweeting uh if I hear one more thing about Alana Rizzo, I mean, she is not the only person that's ever worked in this industry. I know you probably get it a lot. I saw <laughs> Joe Davis go through this on Twitter. They were giving him crap because he was talking about the no hitter, uh, the perfect game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they were saying Vin Scully would never do this. And what did Joe Davis do? He posted on Twitter an article with the number of times that Vin Scully mentioned no hitter during <laughs> a broadcast. My question to you before we wrap things up is social media. Mm -hmm. I know it's very easy for us to say that social media, that Twitter in particular is a dark place. It's horrible. Everybody says, you know, the worst things in the world on Twitter. But the truth of the matter is, is Twitter is a tool Mm -hmm. and not a tool in the sense in a derogatory. It is a tool for information. A lot of us, everybody who has a podcast, which is everyone and their mother, depends on information that is put on on Twitter by reporters, mm-hmm. by organizations, by like people, like, by yourself. I think you have a difficult job in the sense that, like you mentioned with the Edwin Rio story, they're there to protect you. You're there to protect the players. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times you can't go to Twitter 100%. until the Dodgers until the Dodgers basically release the information. So you have other reporters that are scooping you, so to speak, because they don't have the same restrictions that you Mm -hmm. have. Yeah, or the same access. Yep, yep. So I just want to know, in terms of Twitter and other forms of social media, because now you also have to be very careful what you put on social media, Mm -hmm. because it can cost your job. How Mm -hmm. do you balance that? Um... Yeah, I will say that I, in high school, I think it was drilled into me that like, be careful what you put on the internet. 
because it'll always be with you. Um, and at that point, it was more of in the sense of like colleges are recruiting you and you don't want anything to not represent you properly or I mean, look, it was high school, whether like people are drinking alcohol or whatever the case may be. Like it's, those are things you have to be very mindful of. Um, I think it's just, it's as, as honestly just kind of, I don't even want to say like using your brain, but it's just trying to be mindful of everything. Be mindful of what you put out there. Um, What you said, I'm in a position in which I represent the Dodgers and I want to represent them to the best of my ability. And there are things that, yes, there are things that I might see on the road trip or, you know, there are, I might have, I might know who's starting what day or kind of what the expectation is. And I can't say that until it's public information. But the way I look at it is I'm also in a position in which I'm still learning so much. And so it's helping me form a bigger picture in my head, getting a better understanding. And yes, I do need to be mindful of like what I say on television and things like that. But usually if I'm ever in a position where I'm like, do they want this out, blah, blah, blah. I'll just go to Dave and be like, hey, like I know we talked about this. What can I specifically say on it? Or kind of where do you want to keep it? Because there's also, it's a part of gamesmanship. You know, you don't want to put out all your cards because the other team is going to know. And so, um, so it is definitely, and there, and there are things like, you said like I stay away from because I can't talk about them. But I think when it comes to, you know, an individual and if people compare me to Alana or things like that, that's fine. If they, if that's what they choose to do. And don't get me wrong, I had to really learn and it, I had to learn to not take things personally on the internet. Um, that's, that's not easy whatsoever. I and mean, in the end, we are all human beings. We all have emotions. We all are dealing with different things. This year I lost my grandfather. Like we all came out of a pandemic and I had to go through my own personal experiences that were things honestly I had never experienced before. And so it's, but people don't know that. I also don't need to know that, you know, like they don't need to know what different things I dealt with mentally, emotionally, whatever the case may be, because that's my own personal private life. And so it did take time for me to kind of navigate those waters and understand. But I also think with each day, and I'm also, I'm maturing in this role, I'm understanding this role. And I, but also I have nothing but the most incredible out, like I have nothing but respect for Alana. And so it is, it is what it is. I, I think she's rooting for me just like I'm rooting for her. And so it's, it is what it is. And if fans don't want that for us or if they don't see that for us, like that's on them. And like, why would you pit two, why would you want two women to kind of be against each other in this industry when that's not even the case? Like there's so much going on in the world and like so many people are doing such amazing things. And also it's like, you can st- like you, the blessing is like there's still so much opportunity to see her on television. You can watch MLB Network. You can see all the amazing things she's doing when she's calling games and like that's incredible in itself. So it's just like I, I just hope that they can find a way to cheer for both of us. And and so it's it is what it is. I I that's just their fans and uh, you know they're the Dodgers have the most incredible fan base and I know just how passionate and how loyal they are to the organization and to the players and so it's I don't know I think it just kind of comes with it but that's and it's just today and that's how social media social media works but you just for me it's been more of a 
do I want to put this on the internet? And also if I'm like, I'm feeling like hot-headed and want to say something, like I can call my mom and vent to her or I can, you know, talk to someone or I can, for me, the internet is not the place for me to go and have Twitter fingers because like it never ends well. You know, it's just, I'd rather pick up the phone and be like, so listen, this is what happened today. I'm not, <laughs> this is how I'm feeling. This worked, this didn't work. And like, it is what it is. And obviously we all have good days. We all have bad days, like, listen. And I've had to learn that even when I have my bad days, there's still gonna be a baseball game. So we gonna have to figure it out and we're gonna have to get up on that, <laughs> get out there and put it all behind us. And that's something I think with every job I've had, I, it's just about being professional in the workspace. And that's something I, I carry myself with to the highest. I, I know that I'm, young and I'm beautiful and I get the optics of everything. And so I am hypersensitive to all of that. And so I think for me, it's just kind of been a, the internet and Twitter for now is for work. And of course I see things that are hilarious and there are things I see and like, listen, there are some memes around just Dodger memes that are absolutely hilarious and spot on, but like, look, there are some things I just can't interact with. And so it's like, it is what it is. Doesn't mean I didn't see them. So I mean, I sometimes want a burner account, but I don't have one. But like, you know, so there's like, there's no Watson and Fire burner account. No, no, that's too much work. Takes. That's too much work between baseball and then football coming now. It's like it's, it's too much work. We have to we have to. <laughs> but I do wish sometimes there are some things because I've seen some hilarious things. I'm like, ooh, that is just too good to be true. <laughs> like, <laughs> if Kevin Durant can do it, I have full confidence that you can do it. I don't yeah. know. He's got enough money to pay people to have those things. He's That's got true. <laughs> I still think it's funny that he had a burner account though. Cause it's I like, know. <laughs> so good. So good. But no, I definitely, there have been times where Lisa and I are like, should we make one? Cause this is hilarious. And <laughs> like, yeah, we can't do it. We can't do it. <laughs> no, but it's, it's honestly, it's look, it's the internet. It is what it is. Uh, but I'd be lying if I was just like, Oh, it doesn't phase me. And I've never been impacted by it. And people, what people say on the internet. No, I definitely have. I have had my days where it has truly like, I'm just like, something's got to give. Like why, like I'm trying so hard. I'm working really hard to do this. And they, it is what it is. But then I also have days where it's like, you also remember like, people aren't just commenting on everything. Like you're so amazing, blah, blah, blah. It's like the ones who are just like, you're trash. And so it's like, you have the, the good really does outweigh the bad. And even if you're not seeing it every day, you just have, to believe that like, you know, I have meetings, with my bosses, and my producer, and like, they're the ones who give me the most important feedback. And um, so, yeah, so it is, but yeah, I'm not gonna say here and act like it did not face me because it, it absolutely did, <laughs> um, but you know, it took time. And also there are ways that you can like curate your social media so that it protects you. And I think that's a very real thing that not everyone talks about. Like I can go through and I can kind of clean out comments that, don't say certain things or whatever or things that are inappropriate because that's the other thing it's like I don't I just don't need that energy to be honest in my life it's like the last thing I need so <laughs> um, but yeah right on so we end every episode that, with this question and I did not know you were from the south so I'm very curious to see what <laughs> to, yeah. to hear this answer but what is your favorite taco and is there a spot in the city Ooh. that uh that you go to that you have to get them and 
Yeah. And I just have to know, since you're from the South, have you always been a taco person or was this something you discovered once you came to the Dodgers or covered the Lakers or? Yes, when I came to L.A. L.A., yeah. So I would say, and also I have to add this is I feel like you guys asked me he was funny. Gavin Lux is also funny. And I feel like he'd be offended that I didn't put him in the conversation. So he is funny as well. But I'm going to keep going with the best taco. I like come, came to my mind and I was like, oh, I should really. And like Stevens, who's a junior, I know he's no longer with team, but like he is absolutely hilarious. He's Incoming. probably, I, now I've got it. He's the funny. Now there's going to be Twitter junior. slander yeah, from those players. Incoming Twitter slander from Gavin. Incoming sure. Twitter slander. Yeah. Listen, Stevens is a junior. I know he's no longer a Dodger, but like he is absolutely hilarious. Um, he's, he's just absolutely hilarious. And, but Gavin is funny. And there's just like, there's a lot of, they're all funny in different ways. So that we're going to go back to that. But now, Best tacos. So I did like tacos and like just Mexican food in general when I, in Florida. And um, so I am from Florida, born and raised there. My mom's from Tennessee, from Nashville, dad's New York. So we got a lot of just little mixes um, through there. But um, so it's not like a taco truck or anything. There are some really good ones. I live like uh, mid city near La Brea. So there's some really good ones over here, but Loki tacos have the best tortillas. So I don't know if you guys have been there. It's like one in Culver City. There's also one downtown. It's called Loki. Like, Loki? Yes. Like the, the character from Thor or? Or like Loki. L-O-C-Q-U-I. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Okay. It's their tortillas and it's their flour tortillas. It's not their corn tortillas, but their flour tortillas are literally the best I've like I have a friend who worked with me at the NFL and he would tell me that like when his family he's from Mexico and he told me that like his family's when they have like barbecues they literally go and pick up these tortillas and they're so good it's mid mid city but here's the problem that we're gonna have is the flour tortilla I understand that listen because I'm telling you oppressor it's the oppressor's listen I completely go with the corn I listen, I completely understand, but there's something about this place. They're so good. Just please go try it and then let me know. No, for sure. And we if you will. don't like we it, will. it's fine. But I do listen, there's a truck over here. I actually don't know what it's called, but I really like it. Um, it's like La Brea and maybe Pico, I think. Um, no, I think it's a little bit more north. Anyway. I, know, I, I appreciate your answer because, you know, for the most time, everybody always goes to the meat. You know, they talk about oh. the meat, but the tortilla is just as important because it's you're right. Important. It's if you go to a place and the tortillas are garbage, the tacos are going to be no good. Yes, it's not. It, it's, it completely takes it to a whole new level. And it's just, it's so fresh. It's, I, I don't even know how to explain. I might even go order it for lunch. To be honest. <laughs> I, just so like I, how, I, I do like how my man Juan called the flour tortilla, the oppressor's tortilla, by the way. Listen, I get it. They are. They Listen. are. They're, 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 they were, it was an invention by the Spanish when they came down to, you know, conquer all of the Aztecs down in Mexico with the, you know, we're, we're about the earth. So it's the corn. It's the yeah. corn. It's, it's the oppressor's tortilla. <laughs> he, he, he went there. He went there. He took it. He to went me. there. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, look. Now you you might have to watch out for the hot takes. Oh, I'm gonna, I know I'm getting the Twitter. <laughs> I know the Twitter slander is coming my way. I'm just okay. going to use your technique and just ignore. But on <laughs> exactly. my burner, my burner account is going to be on fire today. It's going to be <laughs> no, but I will say uh, I really do like Loki tacos. I usually go for. So, but what kind like of meat though? Or pork. Oh, barbacoa. Yeah. That's our first yeah. barbacoa right there. That, She's our first. 
total curveball. I was not expecting that. that coming. Coming. Right. Dude, not a, no. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, We're gonna, over 30 episodes in, and yeah. no one has said barbacoa. Which to me is a difficult meat to make. It is. And it is. It's a rarity. So we'll say I, I tip of the hat to you. Yes, you. I have. <laughs> I have a a football game in Carson uh, on Saturday, and I'm gonna go to that place now on Friday when I get into town, and I will tell Juan about the oppressor's tortilla because I mean at this point, <laughs> at this point we have no choice. We have no choice. I mean, I, you you she has forced my hand, Juan, and I'm sorry. Hey, we got to do it. We got to do the research. You have to. I'll send you guys the location. It's it's please. Well, on that that note, Kirsten, uh, thank you for joining us. You uh, you have you have uh, further proven that the Dodgers not only have an embarrassment of riches in talent on the field, but also uh, on the talent on the TV. So we really appreciate it. I'm glad that you joined us. So that way people could uh, could get to hear from you. And uh, and then stop the shit talking on Twitter. How about that? <laughs> no, it's fine. Y'all, listen, have your opinions. Do what you got to do. It is what it is. But thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. No, absolutely. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way. And, and hopefully we can catch uh, catch you down the road. And I will let you know how those oppressor. Uh, uh, are. <laughs> Not my words, by the way. Not my- <laughs> uh, true, true, true. And, and Gavin Lux, uh, I apologize for uh, for missing out on uh, on your time here. Uh, refer to Kirsten uh, for, for any further slander. On that note, thank you guys for joining us. And there you have it, Kirsten Watson of Sportsnet LA. She joined us. Uh, if you want to follow her, her Twitter, hand, Twitter handle excuse me, is Kirsten underscore Watson, just like her name. Uh, go give her a follow. She's a good follow. Great conversation. I We really appreciate her candor. And also getting to know her a little bit. You know, I think that that's going to help out a little bit with this Dodger fandom. But you know what? It was great. It was great to shoot the breeze with her. And you best believe I'm going to go to Low Key Tacos. L-O-Q-U-I is the name, uh, apparently. So if you're in the vicinity, go check it out. But on that note, if you're not following us, please give us a follow at Bleed Los Podcast on all the socials. Rate, write, uh, sorry, rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't as well to this here podcast. And uh, we took some time off just to recharge the batteries a little bit. It's a long season, but the postseason's incoming, and the Dodgers just clinched. So we'll talk about that in another episode. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, because if it wasn't for you guys, we don't get the likes of Kirsten Watson to join us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. On that note, stay safe, and go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.